None of us like suffering. None of us like being in pain when it comes to life. Whether it's physical pain, emotional pain, mental, spiritual, whatever type of pain it is, when it comes to suffering, we don't like it. And rightly so. But we take it to the extent that in today's culture, in today's day and age, we run the complete opposite direction. We kind of get this sense that at the first slight sign of the smallest bit of suffering, run, avoid it, do everything that you can. And there's not intrinsically wrong in and of itself. There's nothing wrong with not wanting to suffer. But to have this strange and this very strong aversion to it is really the opposite of what Jesus talks about. It's an extreme example. It's kind of touchy in today's society, but I'm not afraid to touch it because Jesus touched touchy subjects. When we get to that extent where suffering is just bad, period, in and of itself, and it's empty, we get to the extreme of something when it comes to, say, end-of-life decisions. And if this is only going to end with supreme suffering, well, then everything, something like physician-assisted suicide becomes acceptable. It's not. It can't be. To tell ourselves that suffering is absolutely meaningless is a complete opposite of what the gospel tells us. See, in the very beginning of time, when you go to the first pages of Genesis and Scripture, in the moments of creation, God literally offered us paradise. Everything that we wanted, everything that we desired, everything we needed was provided for us. Paradise. And yet Adam and Eve wanted a better deal. They wanted something more. Willingly they chose against God. Willingly, because he told them everything. If you do anything that I say not to do, you're going to suffer. And that's a big statement because there's one little thing he said not to do. Don't eat that fruit from that tree. Because if you eat it, it will cause sin. It'll cause suffering. It'll cause pain. You won't be able to see me or feel me or walk with me. You won't hear me as you do now. And ultimately, it's going to end in death. Knowing that, they still chose against it. Suffering is the result of our sin, but suffering, even suffering, even the result of our sin is not a bad thing because we have a God who is so wonderful, so powerful, so loving that he said, I'm going to respect your decision. You've used the free will that I gave you. I'm not going to undo that or take it away from you, but I'm also not just going to take a step back and abandon you. I'm not just going to leave you hanging and say, okay, figure it out for your own. Our Lord says, even in the crossroads of suffering and death, I will meet you. I'm going to come into that very moment of suffering and death. I'm going to take on your frail flesh. I'm going to take on the sin that is not mine to bear, but I want to bear it for you. I'm going to do all of that so that I too can suffer. I too can be in pain, emotional, spiritual, physical pain. So that I too can die this death that you will die so that you are not alone. We feel alone and isolated when we're suffering, especially say you have a bad headache and you're at work and everybody's just carrying on, nobody else is hurting or suffering. You feel by yourself. This is terrible. It adds to the pain. The Lord knew that. He experienced that. And he chose to take it on himself and redeem it. Our suffering is not meaningless. If it's meaningless, then so does life become meaningless. That's a big jump, but think about it. 
If life is filled with suffering and suffering doesn't mean anything, then most of our life doesn't mean anything either. I could give you as a priest many, many stories, but I'll give you two tonight, two examples of what it means to suffer well. Because we hear that term redemptive suffering in the church and maybe you've never heard it before. Or maybe you've heard the lighter version of offer it up. Offer it up. Maybe you've been told that before. Oh, offer it up for such and such or something. What does that actually mean, though? To offer up your own pain? To have someone in mind, some particular person, some particular scenario, some anything, to offer up your pain for them, knowing that your pain can and does win a crown for you in heaven and treasure for them in heaven and glory for all of us in heaven. Jesus promises us rest. Come to me if you labor and you are burdened by many things, and you're going to find rest, maybe in this life, maybe in the next, but there will be reprieve, there will be rest. You will have peace if you suffer well and let it redeem you. Just a few months ago, my grandfather was on his deathbed with stage four cancer that just popped up. We had no idea about, about this time last year. We didn't know when it was going to happen. They said six months to a year, and then it'll come time for a funeral. And it had been probably upwards of 50 or more years since he had received the sacraments. He was married for 69 years, and 50 of those he didn't practice the faith. With my grandmother, with seven children, 13 grandchildren, even more great-grands. 50 years, so I had this gentle and really uncomfortable conversation that I know nobody else wants to talk about this with you, Papa, but the day is going to come very soon, and I want you to go in peace. I want you to have peace. The suffering's going to happen. I know you're already suffering. At the very least, emotional torment of, oh my goodness, these are the last days. But I want you to be able to receive the sacraments if you choose to. I'm not going to force it. I'm just going to offer it. Not many people can say their grandson gave them the last rites. And so little by little, as the months went on and I would go stop by to visit, he, was, he wasn't ready, he wasn't ready, he wanted to wait. And about two months ago, I get a call that, you know, it's time, you need to come as soon as you can. So I go down there, and he's still conscious at this point, thanks be to God. We had a wonderful conversation, I asked everybody else to leave the room and he and I had never really had deep conversations, much less a deep spiritual conversation. And he poured it all out. Everything. He said, I have suffered, but in a way I think I kind of deserve it because I've caused other people in my life to suffer through my own sin, my own family. He didn't get into specifics, thankfully. But he said, I've suffered and I want to offer that. I told God that I want to offer all that pain for the people that I've hurt so that maybe they can forgive me one day even after I'm gone. And I think I'm ready to receive the sacraments. After 50 plus years, he came back to the church because he suffered well. No one was forcing him. I didn't say, hey, either let me give you the sacraments or sorry, see you never. No one forced it. It was simply an offer, and he learned through all of that that this can redeem, and it did. He died in the graces of the church, and if we believe what the Lord promised, and I believe that his soul is in heaven, 
because he suffered well. A week ago, last Monday, I get a call that one of the parishioners from St. John, my previous parish, I had met with several times after she got her fourth cancer diagnosis while I was still in Prairieville. And we kept meeting and meeting, and she said, you know, Father, I'm not really scared. Like, I would be terrified. How are you not scared? She said, I've been through this three times before. This is going to be the last one. I'm at peace. I know the Lord. I go to daily mass. I pray the scriptures. I know the sacramental life of the church. Such a devoted, faithful woman. She said, just promise me one thing. Before I go, you have to come see me. Like, I promise I will do my best to come and see you. So her daughter calls this past Monday. She says, I think this is, this is the day. So I go to the hospice facility. And she was comatose, or she couldn't respond. She couldn't look at us, but I believe that she could hear. I said, Miss Patty, I promised that I would come to see you, and here I am. You have suffered well. You've offered your suffering for all these people that she told me about in her life that she wanted to come back to the church, her children, her grandchildren, all these different people. She said, I want to offer all of that again for the people that I love. And she did through her entire diagnosis. And so I gave her everything that the church could have given her. The anointing of the sick, absolution of sin, the apostolic pardon, the commendation of her soul, the prayers for the dying. The last thing I said to her was, now just remember when you get up there, you need to pray for me because the Lord knows I need it. I left on my way back to Christ the King. Not 10 minutes later, her daughter called and said, she was waiting for you because she just went peacefully. Because she suffered well. Because she used the cross that the Lord had provided for her that she could clearly walk away from and say, I'm not doing any of this. She embraced it. That station of the cross where it says Jesus takes his cross, he took it. They didn't throw it at him. They didn't have to force him because he embraced it. He knew how to suffer well. When Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, there's still going to be a yoke. There's still going to be a burden. There's still going to be suffering, but we don't have to suffer by ourselves because Jesus has already redeemed it. That's the only thing that could possibly make sense of the mess of what life can be sometimes. But what a beautiful mess it is because our Lord refused to just step back, take his hands off and abandon us. In those crossroads of sin and death, I will meet you. This is the place where he meets us. Because where were those roads met? At Calvary, where there was suffering on the cross and there was death on the cross. That is where our redemption comes from. And that is what happens each and every time we approach the altar to celebrate Mass. You are at Calvary tonight. You are on top of Mount Calvary right now where the Lord meets us and again redeems us over and over and over, no matter what suffering you carry, no matter the burden, no matter the heavy yoke upon your shoulders, he redeems you because he loves you. And that eternal life, that crown in heaven is being polished and another jewel added every time you turn to him. And say, Lord, I know you've already been through this. I know you've redeemed me. I know this suffering is not in vain. It's time for us as Catholics to learn again how to suffer well. Suffering is going to come whether you want it or not, whether you enjoy it or not. But our response to it bears an eternal weight of glory for us because it glorifies God. Lord, I know that you didn't have to do this, but you chose me. 
You chose to not let go. You chose to meet me where suffering and death meet. You chose to meet me at the cross. You chose me that day. And so when we suffer well, when we allow ourselves to unite our suffering to him and to allow him to give him permission and freedom to unite his cross to ours, when we suffer well, that is where our, that is where our redemption is held. That's where we receive the Eucharist. The life, the source and the summit of the church came from suffering. And yet we run the other way. We're afraid of it. It's okay to not want to be in pain, but we will be in pain sometimes. Don't be afraid of facing it. If there's a suffering or a pain that's made you angry in life, Jesus is a big boy. He can handle it. Tell him. Because in doing that, you're also being honest enough and opening, opening your heart to his sacred heart and letting him fill you with the truth that this is not meaningless. And you are my beloved child, and I hate that this pains you, but I promise on the other side of this, there's more. St. Paul says that all the suffering in the world does not compare, doesn't even slightly compare to the glory that awaits us in heaven. All the suffering on this earth that we have gone through, that we are going through, that we will continue to go through, it's already been redeemed because we have a living God who is good, a living God who is loving and powerful. Give yourself the freedom to unite your suffering to him and know that he does not now, he has not, and he will never abandon you. That's what it means to suffer well, to give all of that over to him and to know that it's good, it's okay, it's heavy, but it's rewarding. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit's inspiration, his guidance, and his grace to come into our hearts to enliven us and to guide us, to always give us that sight to be able to see where the suffering lies, to give it to the Lord, to unite it with His, so that when we hear those words that He says to us as we enter the gates of heaven, it all makes sense. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's rest. Why? Because you ran the race and you won. You overcame sin thanks to my sacrifice. And above all, you have life even through the midst of bodily death because you learned to suffer well. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at CTK is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.